Welcome back to another episode of Title Talk. This is, of course, Bryson, and I'm, of course, here with my dear friend, LB. LB, what is going on, sir? Same old, same old. It's kind of hanging out here Friday night, you know. You know you know us, man. You and I were just out on another Friday night, you know, killing the town, slaying the ladies. You know, hide, hide your mothers, hide your daughters, because uh, LB NFL and Bryson NFL are... Uh, sitting in their house doing a podcast about the Patriots. We love it. <laughs> so true, LB. Nothing's going on right now on my Friday night, too. I just got too much stuff going on. Like, I just went for a walk with my dog. He was a, he was incredibly moronic, and I never want to walk him again. And that's just that's – just, I could just go on for minutes and minutes. But I came to this epiphany today, and I get mad at my dog when he pulls me on his leash. But I just – I got to thinking, maybe – he doesn't realize that he is pulling me because he's too far away from me. And he doesn't understand why I jerk him back and yell. And he thinks that I'm pulling him actually. And I'm impeding his motion and he wants to continue walking. And I'm just merely just impeding this. And I just, I just was like, wow, I've been yelling him at the, at him this whole time. And looks like he kind of owns because I don't know how to teach him the difference. And he doesn't know. Which which dog is this? I know this Rico. I always remember Rico because he follows me on Twitter. Um, I don't remember what's the other dog's name. Uh, his name is Dodge. That's Dodge. Okay. Um, so Dodge is like basically just like owning you. You guys go for like a nice peaceful walk, and he's just dragging you around, around is, uh, West Virginia. He is mad. He's owning really badly. It's like he's at the age now, and dogs and dogs and people both. When you hit your physical prime along with your mental prime, that's what that's where he's at right now. And he's he realizes that, like, when he was a puppy, I could let him out in the woods and he would leave and never come back. But he knows now, because he's older, that he comes back with me and I feed him and being around me is good and that's good. But now he, know, he knows this. And so because he knows this, he also knows that I'll never leave him and I'll never be mad at him for too long. And there's really... What other than getting yelled at, what's the biggest punishment that's going to happen if he chases a couple deer and ignores me a lot? Not much, because when we get home, I'm just going to give him a treat again, and he's going to continue to own me like every other dog does their owner. Yep, just like a woman, man. Just like a woman, you know? I once had a, uh, I once got stopped by the police. They looked at my ID. They said, oh, you're an organ donor, huh? I was like, yeah, why? And they said, oh, yeah, you know, I, I always say, just just like a woman, they want to they wanna take your heart when you're alive and then take it again after you're dead. And I was like, oh, wow, that's 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 the truest shit I ever heard. You know, I'm just kidding. I actually heard that in uh, Superbad. I, I did not come up with that joke. I totally stole it. But it, it really is. It's just like a woman, you know? You, you know, you... You let them think everything's all good. You try to, you know, and then you bring them home. They get a treat anyways. They do whatever the hell they want, and then, you know, they own us. But it's okay. That's okay. That dog Dodge, good for you, Dodge. Good for you, <laughs> yeah. Dodge. Dodge owning. It is not owning, LB, before we get into football, because this is a very bro-y, science-y podcast, and we talk about lifting and things like that, and, you know, we got to big email from 
the Mothers for Babies at the Gym Association the other day for slandering them. But here's another one. And I only say this, OB, because it happens. It happened to me from a good friend of mine, and that's Mike Reese. I was at the gym with him. And I, when you're at the gym, you know, we talked about sounds. You don't talk to each other, okay? Like, I have my headphones in or I don't have my headphones in. You can just go ahead and assume that I don't want to talk to you either way. And no, Mike, I'm not going to tell you about the details of the Patriots talking to the Falcons about Muhammad Sanu. As much as I love you, that's the thing we deem about, not talk about in the gym. So headphones on, don't talk. If you do, it better be important. And absolutely, LB, never talk to me while I'm doing a set or even try. Like if we're talking and I start doing a set, that means you drop the conversation. You forget whatever was just happening because it makes no sense, LB. If you were in outside in the street, Lifting an object that you may or may not go to maximal load, and you had headphones in. Let's say you're carrying this object, you know, you're looking, you're struggling, it's heavy, and you had headphones in. Would it make sense for me to walk up and see and be like, yo, LB, what's for dinner tonight, bro? Like, what's going on, man? No, you wouldn't because it doesn't make sense. So stop doing it and shut up. I can actually tell you right now, though, that you're absolutely, like, you're 100% correct because my um my dad used to actually say that like when you're on the gym distractions are like the worst thing possible he was totally always about form and then one day he was at the gym some crazy ass thing was going on to the right of him so he turned his head a little bit in the middle of a bench press and he tore his rotator cuff just like that he took his form more seriously than anybody i ever knew so it's actually 100 percent true man like when you're in the middle of a set especially because that's how i always was too like if i was in the middle of telling somebody something they're ready to go okay you know let's let's do this i'm gonna now shut up i'm gonna now let you do your thing and people that don't understand that are literally like they're as bad as the mothers of babies at the gym association truthfully they just don't get it they don't understand you know like I'm at the gym here trying to do, you know, squats and bench press and I got to listen to your baby scream. And now I got to listen to your grown man's son come up to me and ask me, you know, what's going on with the Patriots, Muhammad Sanu. You know, I'm just trying to do a bench press here, buddy. Just trying to do a bench press. So why don't you you take your Muhammad Sanu takes and go somewhere else with it. Go in the bathroom. I don't know. Go in the bathroom with all the other old men with their balls hanging out all over the uh all over the bench just sitting there just hanging they're just like sitting there and like you know when like their ass is like on the bench but like their balls are just hanging like all saggy <laughs> you know what i mean like go go hang out with those guys if you want to talk about Sanu, go into the go into the locker room talk about those guys <laughs> you know those guys have time to talk we all know that because they're there for eight hours at a friggin' time naked they have plenty of time to talk these, these guys at the gym, they need to be stopped. Guys and gals both. You all are evil and you need to be stopped. I'm only saying this to prevent this from happening to anyone, any future endeavors where you try to talk to someone at the gym. So you just know gym manners better. You just have better etiquette and you can go about life and people won't think you're a crazy person because you're talking to them in the middle of them doing deltoid raises. Like they're just lifting and you're just trying to start up a con- spark up a convo. Like, no, you're like don't do this. Don't do this. I- my my favorite uh, Patriots locker room story is when um, <clears throat> I guess when Brandon Lloyd signed with the uh, with the Patriots, Aaron Hernandez was kind of known as like a maniac, and um, 
he was like talk yeah oh yeah he he would like when when brandon lloyd signed like people told him watch out for that guy you know just kind of just just ignore watch him. out for that guy it's so <laughs> yeah they said they said just ignore him because he's gonna talk about his mother giving him baths i guess or something his mother bathing no him bathing his mother actually i think is what it was very normal story uh he's gonna walk up to your stool and put his nuts on them and just you know, he's just going to sit on your stool bare ass with his balls hanging all over him. So, you know, this stuff goes on in locker rooms, and we do not love it. We, in fact, hate it, you know. And if there's – when you – you know what? Just just when you go to the gym, maybe, like, everybody should just stay fully clothed and just not talk. And when you go into – when you actually go into, like, the locker room, just please just, you know, at least wear boxers because I, I don't understand why – these uh, and and that's the crazy thing, you know. Back to what I was just saying, man. Like, there's never just one dude sitting there, Nick. There's usually like six of them, and they're all having like a full blown conversation about like the war. They're like, "Oh, hey, what's going on in Afghanistan? Oh, yeah, man, this crazy stuff going." And then like you're like sitting there, like you're like they're having a full blown conversation this serious, and they all just have their nuts hanging everywhere. They're all naked. Not a single one of them is clothed, and they've been talking for forty five minutes here. That's not normal. I'm sorry. That is not normal. I must, just must eat in protein synthesis or something. Old people got it figured out. You know, talk to each other in the gym, get naked. Your amino acids will just all sorts synthesize at all sorts of high levels. And yeah, I guess so. they got to figure it out. You know who doesn't have it figured out, OB? Philip Dorsett? No, he's the greatest wide receiver of all time. But it's actually Joe Flacco, John Elway, and the Denver Broncos. Because most Patriots fans are watching this game because our good friend Emmanuel Sanders is having a very hard time in Denver with Joe Flacco. And then, of course, on the other hand, the Chiefs are playing the Broncos, and it was a fun game. A lot of people were rooting for the Broncos to win. Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, and it was awful. Absolutely just terrible to watch. Hate watching the replays even. But Emmanuel Sanders leaves this game. They ask him, what, what did you think was wrong with the offense? He said, you watch the same game as me. We both, we basically both know what's wrong with the offense. And to this, I say, enter Belichick WWE meme. Because Emmanuel Sanders, Patriots love him, tried to trade for him. Broncos weren't interested in trading, for him, trading him to the Patriots. But now, the Broncos lose again. Maybe Elway changes his mind. The season's over. Let's, let's try to get some of these older veteran players out of there. Emmanuel Sanders pride open maybe i mean this little avenue it's fun to talk about well we actually should love the fact that he's just been bashing the absolute crap out of the denver broncos organization now over the past couple of weeks Cause like it seems like after every game he's basically just saying hey pay attention you know we suck and joe flacco is a bag of crap that's a good thing that's like an antonio brown light type of thing which is what i've been calling emmanuel sanders all along he's basically like you know baby antonio brown he's a little bit He's a little bit maloof. Aloof? Is it aloof or maloof? Probably aloof, right? Malloy. But anyway, Ma Lawyer Malloy. Yeah, that's another good name. We do love Lawyer Malloy on the program. Good good friend. Comes on all the time. Um, as I look up, and NFL Network's on. Terrell Owens doing sit-ups in his driveway. And that's what we get with NFL wide receivers is that they're, they're psychotic. Some of them more psychotic than others. Manny Sanders absolutely hating his time in Denver right now, which is a good thing. Hopefully he just keeps on bashing the crap out of everybody there because, you know, we need him to hurt his value, truthfully. I think he would be an amazing fit here. Dave Brown can weep. 
He can cry and write an article. But maybe you guys will get Manny Sanders. Okay, Dave, shut the hell up, please, for once in your life and creating stories that don't exist, you weirdo freak. The Patriots need to make a move on Manuel Sanders like yesterday. And I think they have. I think they've definitely called. But, I mean, he's totally pissed off. He's very unhappy in Denver. He's not enjoying it. He's not having a good time right now, bro, as everybody knows the meme goes. Get this guy out of Denver, dude. He's playing with Joe Flacco. Like, send him to New England where he'll be happy. Hopefully he says some horrible stuff to, like, the GM or he says something really bad to Elway or, like, maybe, like, I don't know. He just needs to – he just – you know what he needs to do? He needs to – he needs to DM us and we'll give him Elway stats and he can figure out that Elway was a system quarterback who's not a top 10 quarterback of all time, actually. And he'll just call John Elway a system quarterback and just get himself out of there because Elway's such a prideful guy. And he'll be like, no, Emmanuel Sanders, you're banished for the Shadow Realms. Go play with that That's- old dude, Tom Brady, in New England. Exactly. You know what? What's what's the risk of sending New England? According to everybody, Brady sucks now anyways. Who the hell cares? Brady's not even good anymore. The Patriots are actually overrated. Their defense is actually not even any good because they haven't played anybody. I mean, truthfully, the Patriots are, like Rob Parker said, they're the worst 6-0 team ever. We need people to start buying into this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know what? You could also add fuel to the Brady as a system quarterback argument because you send Emmanuel Sanders and all of a sudden Brady's stats are really, really good. And then you could just be like, yep, see, Brady, system quarterback. See, John Elway, it's that easy. Then you can say stuff like, oh, I could play in this offense and – if I had Brady's offense, I'd be a top three quarterback of all time. And you could say all sorts of stuff like that because you did the Patriots a favor and you send them Emmanuel Sanders, and this would be a great thing. I really think he would just be so perfect in this offense. I think the Diggs thing is kind of dead and gone, um, according to some tweets that I saw last night. Like, it was never realistic. The Patriots did call, but they are just – they want a ton. And we know the Patriots. The Patriots never want to give up a ton. Sometimes it sucks, but at the same time, you know, we see what happened with Jalen Ramsey, and we see that a team gives up two first-round picks for the guy, and he might not even be there long-term, and you think, I'd probably rather be the Patriots not being, you know, super, what's the word that you like to use? Like, um, emotional, right? Like, I, I feel like the Ram, you know, some of these NFL teams kind of approach things very emotionally. Like, you know, we, we had a bad day on defense last, last week. So, you know what, let's just trade our, let's trade everything for Jalen Ramsey. And you don't really want to be that team. You want to have a level head to it. But I mean, I think all the evidence goes back to the Patriots wanting a number one wide receiver again. And I can't imagine that's just totally changed. Right. Yeah, I don't think so either, OB. Sanders would be a great fit. The Patriots have tried to sign him, of course, at least once when he was with the Steelers. They ten- they tendered him. Didn't didn't end up happening. They tried to trade for him. He would be a perfect fit. He's still a really good player. He's probably like the best player not named Diggs out there right now. But if the Broncos do decide that maybe they want to just flip Emmanuel Sanders for his value. I think the Patriots would definitely be interested in that. And it would be good. It would be good that they would be interested because the Patriots would be much better at wide receiver. They don't have to do these things. Of course, as Dave Brown would say, they could still win regardless, but of course it is a one game league and this makes it just way much easier to win games when your defense, especially so good. Another player that we like is also just Mohamed Sanu. He's probably the, He's probably the most likely trade target here that's a wide receiver. Emmanuel Sanders probably still number two, I would say. But Mohamed Sanu is still a really good fit. And the the other thing I'll be, the last thing I want to say, one player maybe 
you could take a flyer on, really talented, hasn't been healthy in a contract year. How about Hunter Henry? I do know that you mentioned him the other day. I know that you've kind of been looking deeper into the tight end situation. You also mentioned um, Austin Hooper, who you think would be great here. Hunter Henry's, that's an interesting one because I I feel like the Chiefs, I'm sorry, the Chargers, I feel like they won't buy into the fact that they're not contenders and that they'll continue to think that they're, you know, in the hunt based on last year, based on maybe some prior history. I, I don't know how realistic Henry is. I'm actually a big Henry guy. I think he's a great player. I think he would be amazing here. I actually more so than Henry. I actually really like the name that you brought up in Austin Hooper, because I saw you say last night that um, you felt he could be a top three tight end in New England. So I hear that. I look it up. I want to see the stats. I want to see how this guy looks. I've obviously heard of Hooper many times. I know who he is. He's a good player. He's, he's never really jumped off the screen, but I looked at his game logs from this year, and he has been playing amazing so far this year. He's played fantastic. He's having the best year of his career. So when you mentioned Austin Hooper, that really kind of piqued my interest. And what makes you think that maybe he could be on the block? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Chargers just continue to suck, and finally the Patriots just give him a call and say, hey, would you be interested in trading Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry in a contract year? And the Chargers say, yeah, you know, we kind of, we kind of stink. Kind of want to get some value for maybe Hunter Henry. You know, he's they he might he's going to factor into the compensatory formula if he leaves. So the Patriots would have to obviously make it work. I don't know what kind of deal Hunter Henry would get. But yeah, if the Chargers just decide that they stink, and sure, Hunter Henry, he's only played two games, but he's played really well in those games. He's looked really good. I think he's a really good player. They were real. They've been really excited about him. A lot of people in the NFL have been excited about Hunter Henry, but he just he just really hasn't stayed on the field. Maybe it's worth a flyer, but maybe the Chargers say, yeah, we'll take the compensatory pick. But, you know, I don't really know, but it would be a fun scenario to have Hunter Henry on the team. Who would you prefer, Hunter Henry or Austin Hooper? Probably just Austin Hooper, just health, health-wise. Because Austin Hooper, he's you know, he's not a great tight end by any means. You know, he's not super fast. He's not super strong. He's not super big. But he just like he just gets it done. And the page, the he would just be an upgrade over the Patriots tight ends. And maybe he wouldn't be great, but he would probably still put up numbers. And he'd block well enough. And he'd get open well enough. And he's a reliable NFL player that has that has shown the ability to produce in the NFL at a pretty decent level. And the and the Patriots tight ends, just not really not the same bottom tier talent. Whatever you get out of out of those guys is good, but really hasn't been what they probably want out of the tight ends. With Austin Hooper, you, you just gain that factor. You can put Austin Hooper in the game and teams will be like, well, you know, that's Austin Hooper. You kind of have to cover him. He's going to catch a ball. He's going to run after the catch. I like Austin Hooper. He's not great. He's not a special tight end. He's not George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, but... What, it's almost like when we talked about the Patriots defense from two years ago and saying how an upgrade from, let's say, a Landon, 2017 Alandon Roberts to 2019 Jamie Collins makes your defense look historic. Like, just kind of like that. Like, it's a little, even a little bit of a jump, even like Claiborne to Trey Flowers. Just these kind of jumps just really help your team, obviously. Little jumps matter. 
and Austin Hooper probably isn't the best tight end, even close to the best tight end in the league or even top five. But with the Patriots, he would be a lot better than what they have, and that's an improvement, and that's really good. Well, you know what? Let's look at Austin Hooper's last. Let's look at his game log this year. Okay, last week, Arizona 10-13 last week, this week, whatever the hell you want to call it. Eight receptions, 117 yards. That's 14.6 yards per catch, one touchdown. At Houston, six for 56. That's probably better than anything we've gotten all year. The week before, Tennessee, nine catches, 138, 130 yards. Not bad. Like that. This is all sounding good. At Indianapolis, six catches, 66 yards. Again, better than anything we've gotten this year. Philadelphia, four for 34. His worst game, still probably pretty comparable to what we've gotten this year. Minnesota, week one, nine catches, 77 yards. To me, that would be even nice here. Even that doesn't sound bad. Just last year in 2018, 71 catches, 660 yards. Now, that's under 10 yards for uh, catch, of course. But you know what? The Patriots, eh, they love that short stuff anyway. So to me, the more I looked into the Austin Hooper thing that you had yesterday where you said that you felt, you know, he'd be a very good tight end here. I started thinking, you know, I've always kind of liked Hooper. I always kind of thought he was okay. And I started thinking, boy, this year he is off to a great start. On the year, 42 catches, 480 yards. That is in six games, which quick math in my head, if you double that, he's at over 900 yards. Obviously, in 16 games, he's on pace for well over 1,000, I think over 100 catches. I mean, so obviously he's playing the best football probably of his career right now. If that's a guy that you could get, you know, we talk a lot about Sanu, but I know that you uh, you've said recently that you know the Dan Quinn thing. He didn't want to trade anybody because it felt like they would compete. But if Dan Quinn's well on his way out, which it looks like he probably is, you know maybe they start unloading some pieces. And even a guy like Austin Hooper would be awesome to have. I, you know, it it, it sucks because we try to talk about guys that we'd like to see in the Patriots offense, and people take that as you're saying. They can't find a way to score, which is just bogus bullcrap. If you want to create that narrative, you can. But I think we'd all agree that the Patriots will always find ways to win games, but you'd prefer that they find the easier way to win games. Yeah, winning easy is actually really good, LB. I don't know if you know this, but it actually doesn't matter how much. You could you can beat a team by 56 points, and that's awesome. You could also lose a game because you don't score enough 40 43 like the Chiefs similar sometimes it does come down just a couple plays and sometimes it just might be Austin Hooper instead of Ryan Izzo and that's that's really awesome can we talk about another another big Patriots storyline LB yeah of course I'm all I'm all ears buddy let's hear it this should be good how about our good friend Michael Bennett getting suspended from team activities for a week least surprising thing I've heard in quite some time We've been on this for a while now. He doesn't look excited when they make a play. He doesn't look engaged. They make a play. He makes a play. It's kind of like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm just here to collect my check. Doesn't look like a guy who's all in. You can read into body language, and some people hate when people read into body language. I kind of do sometimes because to me, defense is, as I recently discussed with you, defense is about energy. It's about excitement. It's different than offense. Defense is all about energy and excitement and kind of trying to set a tone for your team. He doesn't do that. Now, we've known that he's complained about his role, wasn't happy with it, called zero role. Very cool. Like I said last week, this isn't a rookie that you have getting this amount of snaps or in a role. This is a guy who thinks that he deserves more, and people can say, well, you know, it's a great point. He's not wrong to be mad. He does deserve more. Uh, Based on what, dude? You got paid more money. You were asked to do a role. 
and you're being a crybaby about it, and now you're suspended. It doesn't sound like a philosophical difference to me. It sounds like he's a guy who is crying about playing time, which is very cool because your team is 6-0, and and you've been asked to do a role on that 6-0 and team, and you're not happy with it. So in my opinion, he's on his way out. I've kind of felt that way for a while now. If it doesn't happen and he does stick around, I think it's because his value is kind of crap. People think he has value. He doesn't. Okay. He's how old is he? 30, maybe 31. I don't even know. I mean, I he has a contract. Yeah. You know, he has a contract and oh yeah, he has a history of being an absolute weirdo freak who you don't probably want in your locker room. He's burned many bridges. Nobody probably wants him back in Tampa Bay. Nobody wants him back in Seattle. I'm sure. Very unlikely anybody wants him back in Philly because it's been said that Philly wants nothing to do with him. This it, His value isn't great. I mean, you're not picking up the phone saying, hey, we have Michael Bennett. Can we get a third? No, you're probably going to get like a fifth or a sixth, and that's only going to be from a team that actually wants to upgrade that pass rush. And even then, he might be put in a role, and he's going to show up and be put in a role and probably be unhappy and cry about it. And he might even be losing. He might be winning. He's probably going to bitch because that's kind of who he is. He's never been a good person. He's kind of just a D-bag. That's my thoughts on Michael Bennett. He can go. I don't really care. I think that the locker room is more important than Michael Bennett being upset about playing time. So whatever happens with Michael Bennett, I really don't care. If he stays and he embraces his role, great. But like I said, this isn't Chase Winovich getting 33% of the snaps and bracing a role. This is a guy who has a crappy attitude to begin with, who is kind of a D-bag to begin with, and who thinks he deserves a lot more. He's kind of an entitled human being. Yeah, you just said it, LB. I think you're completely right with all you just said. There's really nothing more I could even add to that. But I would also like to say, if Belichick decides to keep him, and maybe use him in the playoffs a little bit more, even situationally, that would be also good. Like, I'm fine with ben, Michael Bennett being on the team as well. But if Michael Bennett gets traded, I will not be crying. And I don't think it would be significantly messing with the defense because just the amount of snaps he's playing. And if Bill Belichick, who's controlling the defense, decides to trade Michael Bennett, then I, I'm going to say that's a good idea. Yeah, like it's it's people can say, well, he's so productive on his 11 snaps a game. Yeah, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. if they keep him great, I've said all along him not playing had nothing to do with keeping him fresh. They weren't keeping him fresh. It's more to it. I don't think they like him. I don't think they like his attitude. I think he shows up and he's a very entitled person. He showed up for camp late. I think that when he shows up, he thinks I'm showing up here to start. I'm showing up here to play. I'm showing up here to play every snap because I'm Michael Bennett. He's not Martellus Bennett. People say, oh, well, you know, Martellus was good. Martellus was weird and everything, but he wasn't like bad guy weird. He was more like reading books and like into colors and weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but in the locker room, he was well-liked because he showed up, did his job, played hurt, never complained either, did he? I mean, this is a guy who showed up knowing that Rob Gronkowski was here. So stop comparing him to Martellus. They're not the same person. Michael has, once again, like I've said in the past, you can say whatever you want about the um, the thing with him and the police brutality story, whether or not you believe it was made up or whatever. Who even cares about that? I can just think back on all the times that he started fistfights at the end of games when they lost. Um, him going after a cameraman after a game because the guy was taking a picture, so he shoved the guy. I mean, this isn't a good guy. And you brought him in, you asked him to play less snaps. When you bring in bad guys and you tell them you're not going to play that much, 
uh, <laughs> trust me, people can say that they understand where he's coming from because he thought he was going to play more. I don't see where he's coming from at all. You got a pay raise and you're crying about playing less. Like, yeah, football players want to play football, but you're also 6-0 and and you did get a pay raise. You should be showing up with bells on saying, I will play your 12 snaps game and I will get a sack a game. Like, it doesn't make sense. I, I'm not, I don't see where Michael Bennett is coming from at all, period, at all. So other people can say they, they get where he's coming from. I don't. I'm totally on the opposite end. I think he's just a bad person. I don't think he's the type of guy you want in your locker room, truthfully. I've got an excellent quote from a guy who you actually do want in your locker room, LB. And this is a man who does nothing but play like the best corner in the NFL for the past year and a half, two years, especially in the playoffs and big moments when it matters. He shades receivers to the slot. He takes the best receivers. He takes whatever matchup the Patriots give him, and he absolutely owns. When the Patriots put him on Alshon Jeffrey in the second half of the Super Bowl 52, our main man, Stephon Gilmore, owned. And Kyle Van Noy said this, and it's funny because now we're starting to compare corners again because Jalen Ramsey got traded a lot of people in the NFL were kind of accepting Gilmore as the best, and then Jalen got traded, and then a lot of people have been talking about Jalen Ramsey being the best. And here's a great quote from Stephon Gilmore, our main man. Kyle Van Noy says, Since you don't ever say you're the best corner in the league, would you say it on my show? Gilmore says, Yeah, I'll say it. Listen, I'm going to say this. This, I'm going to say it. A lot of guys say they're the best corner, but I feel like my job is harder each and every week because I have the, that that guy's everyone's number one receiver everywhere he goes. I go to the slot. I go outside. I'm not bailing. I'm not scared. I'm in their face every snap, so that proves my point. A lot of guys don't do that. W. Stephon Gilmore. Not every not every um cornerback just shades in zone as much as Gilmore does. They certainly don't. The Patriots run more covers a year, which is no safety help at all, man-to-man, more than any team, double the amount of any team last year. This means Stephon Gilmore's one-on-one with the best corners. And same with pretty much cover one. You're you're lined up with, with the number one wide receiver, and Gilmore was absolutely owning, and he continue, continues to own. And people will weep, and he's the best corner. People people say so much dumb stuff about cornerbacks and Stephon Gilmore. He's not a zone corner. He's a man corner. He's the best man corner in the entire league. He's fast. He can handle big guys. He's quick. And now he's making plays on the ball. I honestly think a lot that has to do with his kind of, I don't want to say subpar play, but he was. he's obviously, he's had three or four extremely elite games this year. But his other games have just have been also good, but to Gilmore's level, probably an eight out of ten, which is still really really good. But I think it's just because Gilmore is looking to make plays because he knows he's the man and he's been making plays and it's awesome. Gilmore awesome, owning Ramsey weeping, everyone in the NFL weeping because Gilmore says he's the best and I love it. I love this about Gilmore. Every once in a while he'll give you a little quote like this where he just quietly says, "I'm the best." Weep basically. <laughs> Perfectly said, Bryce, and I love it, man. I really do. I've brought this up, I believe, on the pad uh, on the pod before. Do you remember when he was? I've definitely brought this on, up on the pod before because I remember talking about it. He um, he used to go on uh, Zoe and Beetle every week for <laughs> every week. I say that like it it went on for a long time. No, it went on for about three weeks. He was going on Zoe and Beetle, and they asked him about Jalen Ramsey and you know how much he talks and. 
Stephon Gilmore says, well, a lot of those zone guys, they got that kind of energy where they can talk a lot. And it was just like, oh, my God, this guy, he has he has that quiet confidence. It's a little bit different than Aqib Tlaib. When Aqib Tlaib first showed up, it was more of that. It wasn't loud because he was a quiet guy, but it just kind of stood out because of the person that Aqib was. But he brought a, that confidence to your secondary. I think that's exactly what Stefan does. But I never forgot. I was listening to it live when he when he was on. <laughs> when he was on, there was Zoan Beetle. He said, yeah, you know, those Zoan guys, they got a lot more energy and they got a lot more. They, they talk a lot more than us man guys. And it was like, oh, my God, shots fired. And then they asked Jalen Ramsey about it. And, of course, Jalen Ramsey says, well, I don't know. I mean, I was all pro, was he? And it was like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, he ended up going all pro a couple months later. So, you know, while you sat at home and you had a very mediocre year, Stephon, I'm sorry, Jalen Ramsey has not been the best cornerback in the NFL since – Boy, 2017. I mean, I mean, he he hasn't been the best cornerback in the NFL now since I don't know. It's been a couple of years. Right now, he he is not the best cornerback in the NFL. I'm sorry. He's he's very good. He's a very good player. He doesn't play man like uh, like Gilmore does. Great player. I think everybody in in the world would take take a Jalen Ramsey on your team. But I don't know. I think I'm gonna go with Stephon Gilmore on this one. Oh, you would be very correct, and it would be very lovely because Stefan Gilmore, big fan of title talk, by the way, is amazing, and everyone weeps. And Gilmore will tell you the same thing. You can just weep. Another fun thing that is happening Monday, which Monday Night Football also owns. I love my – anytime my favorite team is on and, and America is watching and my favorite team usually owns – it's really fun. It's a really fun proposition. I love Monday Night Football. I'm really excited for it. The Patriots played the Jets at Jets. And a lot of people, kind of even Patriots fans, kind of saying this is going to be a close one. You know, the Jets, they just got off that. A lot of people think it was a really good win against the Cowboys, which people say the AFC East is weak. But then the Jets beat a team that people thought was one of the best in the NFL as soon as they get their starting quarterback was very funny, very cool guys. No one wanted to talk about that. I noticed, but in hindsight, watch a game again. The Jets kind of really never controlled the game. The Cowboys had more completions and rushes and the Jets kind of lived off of big plays in the second half. I don't think they scored at all. I think they scored three, scored three points in the second half. I think, in the first half, the Jets just kind of lived off of big plays. Sam Darnold looked good. His left, their left tackle is out for the year now. Gilmore absolutely owns um, Anderson, who is the... By the way, Anderson is the strangest-looking wide receiver I've ever seen. Like he, he's, <laughs> he's literally... Such a weird freak. He looks... He's so strange-looking. He looks like, like a praying mantis. <laughs> what is... What's going on with that guy? I don't know. But, <laughs> but Gilmore owns him. He talks crap. And of course, Sam Donald is probably the best quarterback the Patriots are going to face this year, and I expect Sam Donald to make make a couple plays in this game. But at the end of the day, the Patriots' defense is just too amazing. I don't see the Jets score. At, at most, they score 13 points, I think. And I still just think that's not enough points. With the Patriots' defense rolling the way they are, they're number one in the league in yards per play, 4.1 yards per play, I believe. They're getting off the field on third down. They're up there in pressure rate. They're the one of the best secondaries in the league. Bill Belichick's calling the defense. It's still Sam Darnold, who last time he played the Patriots was a rookie nonetheless, but played really bad. And the Patriots have kind of been spanking the Jets lately. Like the, 
as of late, the Patriots kind of spanking the Jets. They have Mick Lombardi on their staff now who knows their players' weaknesses in and out probably. That really helps the Patriots. And the last thing I want to say, a lot of people worried about the Patriots' offense. I get it. You know, their left tackle is not very good, and there certainly are some games and plays where he struggles a whole lot. But the Patriots' offense, when they had Edelman against the Jets LB, they absolutely owned. They scored 20 points in 10 minutes. Brady looked the most confident I've ever seen Tom Brady this year, probably. Brady was a snap, good read, bang, ball out, good play. Snap, move around, good play. That's when Burkhead was playing. They were playing a lot of 21. They really attacked the Jets. They were using tempo even. It was a really good offensive 10 minutes. Like at the end of the game, I know we were frustrated from that game. But once Edelman went out, the offense changed. I know Gordon's not playing, but Edelman's in the game. I don't think the Patriots will score a ton of points necessarily, but I still think they score 27 points. And they ended up just getting it done, 27. I'm going to say 27 27 to 10, I'll say. Everything you just said, that's all good and great, Bryson. That's all good. I love it all, man. You're the, you're the best. Um, the real question is, how many points does the punt team score this week? Because I'm thinking they might score more than the Jets. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But as we all know, the punt team has been owning this year. So. What about Ben Watson? Do you think he can look as good as Ben Coates? I think I mean, he can be close. Look, Ben Coates was a really good tight end. <laughs> Could Ben could Ben Watson come in there and give some production for the Patriots because they always succeed with a good tight end? Do you think so? You know what? <laughs> can Rob Gronkowski look, man? People forget how good Rob Gronkowski was. Okay, can Ben Watson be that guy? People forget how good Aaron Hernandez, rest in peace, you sack of shit, was. Can Ben Watson be that guy? Uh, I'm just gonna be realistic here for a second. I'm just gonna say no. No effing way in the world, period. Not even close. No. Just no. Here's what he can do, though. I think he can give you two catches for 27 yards and a touchdown. That's my prediction for Monday night. I do think he scores a touchdown on some weird type of drawn-up play. I, I don't know why. I just have this in my head where I'm, I'm envisioning him scoring a touchdown on, like, two catches. You know, I don't know why. I, I seriously don't. Every once in a while, I get into this move where I like to do predictions. I see Brady having a big day. I see Edelman having a big day. I see Gunner having maybe four catches for like 40-something yards, 50-something yards. Myers, a couple catches. You know, I kind of like – some of these young wide receivers, they're, they're not great, but I actually like what a couple of them are doing. I loved seeing Myers find his own and sit in it and make a nice play last, last week. I like. We already kind of know that – I'm sorry, I meant to say Gunner on that last one. I don't know if I did. But I, I thought Gunner showed me a little bit something last week. Myers doesn't get a lot of separation or anything like that. He's not a fast guy, but he will catch it if you target him. Um, he seems to be smart enough where he knows where to go with his route. But as far as tight end goes, no. You're not going to get Ben Coates or – Rob Gronkowski, you freaking idiot. You know who you are. That's a stupid-ass take. If I ever see that take again, I just want to smash my phone. Seriously, like, I might just smash it. Like, smash it. You know? I might I might lose my mind if I see that again. But, I mean, I could see Watson being okay. I'm not, I'm not huge on Watson. I think there's this myth going around Patriots Nation where people are saying, oh, well, you know, Watson and Brady, they have that connection. No, they never really had much of a connection. Every single year that he ever had that was 
you know, his best years, they all came after New England. Him and Brady were never special together. He was never great in New England. He was, over, if anything, he was borderline a bust as a first-round pick. He was drafted very high. He was okay. He wasn't great. But, yeah, I think Watson could have a couple catches and a touchdown. And I think Tomlinson, uh, this guy who looks like Post Malone without the face tats, I think he might actually show up and he might actually play a good amount of snaps. And I think with him being able to play fullback and potentially play a little bit of tight end, but I don't think he'll go out for many passes. I actually don't think that's a terrible signing. I actually don't mind the Tomlinson signing. But we'll see what happens. I think the Patriots should win. I don't see any reason why they would lose this football game. Even if the Jets play their absolute best football game of the year, they should not win this football game. The Patriots are a much better football team, much better defense. And, yeah, their offense is also better than the Jets' offense, so they'll find a way to score points. So I see it as a – I never used to go under 30 points. This has been driving me crazy lately. 35-17, say it, (laughs) 35-17. That's the take. I know that go, that's an old one. So you know what? Yeah, I'll say it. You didn't say it. I'll say it. Patriots 35, Jets 17. Watch this be the week it happens too. Yes, I love it. I love what you said, OB. I think a lot of people think it's going to be a close game. Of course, Jets off their big win. But I think the opposite. Patriots are just going to absolutely smash. Josh Gordon's not going to be there. It's not going to matter. Patriots smash. It doesn't matter. Patriots defense is just too good. And the Patriots will end up scoring 24, 27 points. I don't think they've scored less than 23 against the Jets in their last their last few meetings. And Tom Brady, I think, is scoring 31 points per game after Thursday night football. Patriots 6-0, and I believe, after Thursday night football with Tom Brady. Of course, not Jacoby Brissett. But with <laughs> Tom Brady, they are. Six and zero after Thursday night football. With extra, the team had extra time to prepare for the Jets. I think this is going to be this is just going to be a smackdown. This game's going to be over, and maybe the maybe the Patriots put our main man, future Patriots quarterback, Patriots starting quarterback Jared Stidham in, and Tom Brady weeps. Hey man, you know what? You never know. It's funny. I've I've been seeing a lot of. I'll kind of go off off base, off topic a little bit. I've been seeing a lot of these takes lately that they think Brady's gone next year and. But then our good friend Sammy said in the chat, oh, he looked so pissed off that Stidham was in the game. Well, you know what? Yeah, okay. So why would he care so much if – I mean, I don't think Brady's going anywhere, truthfully. Do you do you see Brady as – I know that you have this, this thing going where you're saying he's going to be on the Titans next year. Do you actually believe that? I just believe it's more real than ever. I don't, I don't believe it's uh, necessarily – I don't think it's going to happen, but I think definitely it's more real. Like it feels more real that Brady could possibly leave. Like felt before, like Brady could never possibly leave. But Mark, Marcus Mariota's deal, Mike Mike Vrabel, Jared Stidham, Tom Brady. The, the Tom Brady's going to be forty three. Maybe he wins his seventh Super Bowl this year. I don't know. It's just going to be a, it's just going to be a weird situation. I expect him to be back obviously, but it's just one of those things where I'm like, ah, you know, I was 100% sure and now I'm like 90% sure. So what do you think of this? Do you, do you I think that Tom Brady is very aware of his legacy. He's very aware of how people view him. Oh, he is. He t- tell me how many times Tom Brady has had his helmet off on the sideline this year. Thank you. Exactly. Like, remember I said that stuff about Haskins about a week ago? I said, you know, he's on the sidelines. His his back thing is un- unbuckled. All of his pads are undone. He's not even ready to go. Tom Brady wants to play every snap, right? 
I look at it as like Tom Brady's very aware of what's going on. He's very aware of his legacy. I don't think he knows that if he leaves, let's say, and Stidham goes 11 and 5 and they, they win a playoff game, people are saying Tom Brady is an overrated system QB. People are saying all this kind of stuff about him. And then, you know, let's say that he goes to the Titans and they go 7 and 9. People are saying he really is a system QB and he really isn't that good. So I just think he has to be very aware of all that, right? Tom Brady is taking his helmet off and showing the world that he is very young and he is absolutely going to try to play quarterback to his 45, which I love, by the way. It's good for Tom Brady's brand. Big fan of the podcast. Love Tom Brady. He's going to play to his 45. He's like, hey, look, I'm Tom Brady. Look how young I look and how great my face looks and my hair. And I look young and I can still do this. Yeah, Tom Brady... Yeah, he's flaunting it, man. I'm telling you, Tom Brady flaunting it on the sideline. You know what? He's in fact bad at football. Sports Talk Joe was right. He's actually bad at football. Oh, LB, this is a perfect seg- segue because your boy here, you know, sometimes I say things and no one says anything, but our good friend, who, I mean, he was our good friend, but not no longer our good friend, I guess. Chris Long got super upset at me. Because I took issue to Chris Long and Ryan Rosillo talking smack about our boy Tom Brady. They weren't listing their quarterbacks necessarily, but they were talking about quarterbacks they'd love to have on their team. And Ryan Rosillo kind of took a little jab at Tom Brady and took no jabs at Aaron Rodgers and said things like, Tom Brady looks old. You know, I'm just throwing in Tom Brady because he's the GOAT, obviously. And then Chris Long starts talking about Carson Wentz and how good he's looked. And no one said anything about Brady, but he just looks old. So I just wanted to bring up some facts to this to this light so everyone can just go ahead and think about it. I posted the stats on, on Twitter, and Chris Long hated it. And I guess so did Ryan Rosillo, and they got all mad about it. But I am correct. You can't slander Tom Brady and not slander Aaron Rodgers. And the reason they don't do this, by the way, and the reason why people don't do this is because it's really easy to slander Tom Brady because – oh, he's old, or blah, blah, blah. People don't want to be wrong, and it's e- it's easier to say, well, you know, my God, I shouldn't just ta- doubt of Tom Brady. You know, he looks old, but he's still getting it done. But with Aaron Rodgers, everyone is very afraid, even though, you know, all those Packers fans, they love quarterback rate. Tom Brady's is better. You know, I don't use quarterback rate, but Tom Brady's is better. Tom Brady's having a better year, more, more yards per game. All the advanced analytics say Tom Brady's better. So why do you say that Tom Brady looks old at times, and that you say nothing about Aaron Rodgers, and you mentioned Carson Wentz, who absolutely is not even touching Tom Brady right now in terms of advanced stats and other things, and including wins. Like, Tom Brady's 6-0. and But I digress, LB. No one cares. It's okay. But I'll just continue not allowing Tom Brady to be the only quarterback that people absolutely slander to death because they're afraid of slandering guys like Aaron Rodgers. No one's going up there and be like, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers looks kind of old. Stats are kind of worse than Tom Brady's. Like, no one's going to get on a, a podcast or on Twitter and and on ESPN or any of those guys and say, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers' stats are worse than Brady's. No one is even going to talk about this. Of course, they don't talk about this. They're just going to say, well, you know, he's winning, so he deserves to be an MVP, even though Tom Brady's winning more, and his stats are better. It's amazing. Stats mattered for the longest time, and quarterbacks win didn't matter, and now quarterback wins matter, and also, but Tom Brady has more, by the way. And also, stats don't matter. It's incredible, isn't it? It really is. It's incredible. So for all those years, we had to listen to Packers fans talk about 
stats, 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 stats. Rodgers is actually really good. Look at his stats. It's not his fault his team sucks and why they don't win football games. They start winning football games, his stats are down. Well, you know what? The important thing is that they're winning. You can't just look at the stats. They're winning. Okay, idiots, morons. Like like you said, people won't go on ESPN and say it, but you know what? We will. Fact is, if one guy, Aaron Rodgers, is supposedly an MVP candidate, and another guy named Tom Brady supposedly is washed and old, Shouldn't the guy that's washed and old have less team wins, right? Since we don't want to do QB wins. So then we don't want to do QB wins. Let's let's just go by the stats then. We can't do QB stats because, you know, that's that's we can't do QB wins. That's not fair to Rodgers. You know, Brady's six and oh, I think the Packers are what, five and one or whatever. Who even gives a shit? F the Packers. Who really cares? So okay, we'll throw out the QB wins argument. So we'll go straight to the stats. Oh, wait. Brady has better stats, too. So his team's winning more. He's putting up better stats. How does this compute? Like, how do these idiots wake up and think, hey, I think I got it. I think I figured it out. Aaron Rodgers is actually better than Tom Brady now. It's great, LB. Almost as great as the Chiefs and the Broncos playing a game. Patrick Holmes sadly getting hurt. And then people being like... Wow, you know, the Patriots just catch a break again, man. Those those darn Patriots, they suck really bad, and every year the really good teams get hurt, and then the Patriots just somehow come on top, even though they're super bad and suck at football, and Brady's really old, the defense sucks, and Bill Belichick's washed. And yeah, the Patriots suck, and every year teams just get hurt, and the Patriots benefit. You know, let's forget about Peyton Manning when he beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. When Marcus Cannon looked like a complete bum with turf toe and the Patriots' entire offensive line was awful and they were a two-point conversion away from winning that game. Let's forget about Cam Newton not diving on the fumble. Let's forget about the offensive pass interference that the Chiefs had to score in the AFC Championship game so the Patriots could go to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs scored a touchdown on OPI, and people want to complain about D. Ford and Mahomes getting hurt. It's just Patriots derangement syndrome at its all-time high. People absolutely freaking out about the Patriots. The Patriots aren't the only team that might benefit from Patrick Mahomes' injury. And I find it really weird that you're talking about these things when the Patriots aren't playing. Like, people will come at me for, like, commenting trolly things on Schefter and Rappaport's tweets about um, their tweets in regards to the Patriots. Like, Patriots going undefeated, Patriots better, or something like that. And But when the, when the Chiefs win a game, people are talking about the Patriots are lucky again. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's amazing, too, because last night, Teron Matthew had this tweet. Oh, yeah, I'm watching that tape from 2007. That tape. Like, he's, you know, he's, of course, they're the Chiefs defensive coordinator is now Steve, Steve Spagnuolo. He was the defensive coordinator for the Giants in 2007. And I'm, I'm reading the replies because I can't help it. I'm like, I got to read these replies. I see all these Chiefs fans. Oh, my God. The defense is coming together, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, tonight was a great night. It's incredible, dude. Like, you guys beat the hell out of Joe Flacco and allowed, what, seven points, whatever. And all <laughs> of a sudden, Patriots that's played a great... nobody. <laughs> exactly. Like, so the Patriots have played nobody, but when you hold Flacco to whatever, you things are coming together defensively. Are you kidding me? I've seen the Colts defense suck ass against, like, everybody. They finally do well against a freaking bum, Joe Flacco. And I have to sit there and read these comments. It's like, you know what? No. 
Sorry, Tehran. Tyran. Whatever the hell your name is. I've Tyran, always thought it was Tar. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I mean, come on, man. Like, dude, that tape is not going to help you. Your team, your de- the, the 2007 Giants defense had a ton of talent. Justin Tuck, Michael Strahan, amongst others, they had talent. That defense, they have Frank Clark, who isn't doing dick. So I don't want you want to hear about the 2007 tape because Steve Spagnolo is now in Kansas City. Give me a break. That defense blows. They finally had a decent night against a crap bag quarterback who I watched just fumble it for no damn reason. It gets picked up in return for a touchdown. I was, like every time I turned into that game, I was like, "Is this a joke?" That defense didn't do anything that impressed me. That Kansas City defense sucks. First off, it sucks, and the Kansas City football team. Period. <laughs> like without Mahomes. I wouldn't be surprised if they stay very similar to what they are because you and I have kind of agreed for a little bit. Yes, Patrick Mahomes, great football player. Is he as incredibly talented as everybody says? Eh, I don't know, man. I think Matt Moore might be able to put up pretty good numbers there in that system with those weapons. Like if you want to – you and I clown on systems, but – if there's a system in place in the NFL that could actually be looked at and say, wow, that's a system for offenses, and that's probably why they get clowned on like in the playoffs, it's Andy Reid. Look at his playoffs. Look at his one Super Bowl. Look at Andy Reid's playoff history. His offense is a systemy offense. It's Obviously, it requires actual NFL throws. Alex Smith was the first overall pick, but you know what? Since people love passer rating so much, Michael Vick was an 80 passer rating his entire career. He plays with Andy Reid for a year. All of a sudden, he's over 100. People are talking about him for MVP. I mean, come on. Matt Moore might look pretty good over there, in my opinion. I just These Chiefs and their defense sucks. Their fans suck. Just F the Chiefs. I don't even, I don't even remember. What, what was the topic I started on on? I went on this rant. What were we talking about? We were talking about how Chiefs fans are absolutely awful, and someone said, "Someone said in August, I think Tom Brady will suffer a leg injury similar to Alex Smith for the Redskins <laughs> by the same team who broke his leg before." My Chiefs, Karma couldn't be sweeter to football fans all over. I'm so tired of this guy in the praise. He's got to go. Oh my God, the replies, the ratio got ratioed. Wow, what a moron! What NFL a moron! Player, not owning. I- I was very unhappy to see Mahomes get hurt last night. I actually hate injuries in football, period. I never root for them for anybody. Maybe Tyreek Hill, if you know, but, you know, I, I just think he's a piece of shit. If he gets hurt, you know, maybe rolls his ankle, misses a couple games, I won't feel bad. But I'm not, you know, rooting for the guy to, like, die in a football field. I mean, people are stupid, man. You know, I, I saw a ton, and I think that you would probably agree. This is not a lie. I saw a ton of Patriots fans last night really saying that they were upset that Mahomes was hurt. A ton. I can't. I, I didn't see a single Patriots fan happy that he was hurt. I'm sure that they exist. I'm not going to pretend like they don't exist. I guarantee Twitter is a cesspool. But did you see a lot of Patriots fans happy that he was hurt? No, I definitely did not. Everyone actually said the exact opposite. I want the Patriots to beat the Chiefs. With Mahomes, I want them to be healthy. I want the Patriots defense to own them, and there'd be no excuse because now the Chiefs fans will just talk about excuses the whole entire year if the Chiefs don't win. They'll talk about how they had to play in the wild card round and how they lost to the Colts in the wild card and blah, blah, blah. Dumb freaks. Cry. Weep. Weep. 
Cry and weep, always. Kansas City fans, they love to cry and weep. That's what they do best. Make excuses. I can't stand excuses. You've seen me in chats. I will even get on Brady for things that maybe are unfair, but I try to be fair, truthfully. So it might seem unfair to Brady, but I'm being, you know, fair to other people. I don't like excuses. So like you said, let's hope Mahomes is very healthy. I, I hope he is healthy. I do worry long term about him because if they rush him back and he's playing in three or four weeks, that's a little bit insane because he's more susceptible to that same injury. And that injury that we saw last night can actually tear your ligaments and it makes you more you, – you know more, more about this stuff than I do. It's just stuff that I've read in the past. You know more about how you know playing with a certain injury can actually make you more susceptible to other injuries like torn ACL, torn MCL, all that crap. But you know what? The Chiefs are a good football team. They're not on the Patriots level. The Patriots didn't get lucky that he got hurt. Nobody got lucky that he got hurt. I mean, nobody was rooting for the freaking guy to get hurt, period. Everybody, if you want to sit there and say, hey, the Patriots got lucky, well, so did every other team in the AFC. They can go ahead now then, and they can be better than the Patriots the rest of the way, or they can be better than... It's just a stupid-ass argument, man. It gets old. The Patriots have legitimately ne – I've never seen a team more doubted than the Patriots and then have to listen to people say, nobody doubts you. It's just – God, dude. It makes me want to just punch myself in the face. LB, same here. How about another good argument for the NFC, which is what if the Falcons had a coach that wasn't really bad – then that would make it very hard for NFC teams because the Falcons would actually be good because they have a good team. But it seems like their coach is just, meh. Like, what if that were the case? Or what if this were the case? What ifs owning, absolutely owning. You know what's the best way to just own people and say, you know, what if Tom Brady didn't exist and the Pacers suck, owned, weep. He's a system quarterback. He now has zero, zero rings because I just assigned zero rings to him because Tom Brady doesn't exist. Just like the just like the fan, the Buffalo Bills fan, who he has an entire fantasy league. Talking about Patriots derangement system. How about entire league? No Patriots are allowed to be drafted. The Patriots bother him this badly that they can't draft any Patriots and his his bio said something about can't wait for the day Tom Brady retires rent free. Look, man, I, I guess if I was in the AFC East, I'd look forward to that day too. But I mean, come on, fantasy football isn't about that. It's about, that's just weirdo stuff, man. You know, and personally, I've said this before. I don't believe in luck in sports. I really don't. I've had people that we like Alec Helling, our buddy, Alec Helling, get on me about this before on the timeline. He said, nope, the 2007 Giants got absolutely lucky. Totally disagree. Nope. You lost. You win or you lose. You know, the other team made more plays than you. You didn't make enough plays. The Patriots could have gotten lucky then too in that in that regard, you know? So it's a weird thing. I don't believe in luck in sports. I'm totally against it. I know it drives people crazy. I, I can sit there and debate people about it all day. I don't believe in luck in sports. That goes for the Patriots' losses as well. When they win, it's the Patriots didn't get lucky that D Ford is an idiot and can't line up off sides. The Chiefs are just <laughs> the Chiefs are just the team that employed a guy that would line up off sides in that big moment. 
The Patriots aren't lucky that the Chiefs would do that. The Chiefs are just dumb. The Patriots aren't lucky for all these other things. So the Giants, like, do you see what I'm saying here? Like, okay, the Patriots win a Super Bowl. Were they lucky that Malcolm Butler made that play? Or did they work on it in practice? And Malcolm Butler had nice hands and he made a great play. Like, were, were the Seahawks lucky that the guy made the catch that got them down the field, Jermaine Curse, Or was he just a talented player and he made the – like, it's stupid. I saw somebody saying the Edelman catch was lucky. No, he's just a talented football player. Probably, you know, we, we saw the footage of him working with his dad on catching the ball in all different areas of the body. No, he wasn't lucky. He's just a good football player. He made a play. There's like, I don't believe in luck in sports. I know that sounds stupid. It sounds silly. It doesn't make sense. I just don't believe in it. I don't either, LB. Here's a good story for you that just kind of solidifies your point. When people talked about others that they thought were lucky, they said, you know, so-and-so is really lucky. It actually showed that the other person that they thought was lucky just happened to talk to more people, you know. They'd be on an elevator, and instead of ignoring the person, they'd light up a conversation and find out so-and-so did so-and-so and they could maybe hook them up with something or they got into contact with someone because they weren't lucky. They just had more opportunities because they talked to more people or they did this and went the extra mile and did this. And so the Patriots work really hard. They're the, they're the best dynasty, best team literally ever have been the best team for a long time. They're not lucky. They're very good, consistent, meticulous with their work really smart everyone else is really stupid that's what the that's what this nfl the this weekend kind of reminded me of like the nfl kind of stinks you know you know what good that's a great point right there and i'll let you talk again in one second i'll try to be quick bingo everybody else seems stupid but this is the nfl they're actually all very smart this is how stupid and silly the patriots make everybody else look Exactly, LB. The only the only other team that you could say probably is up there is the 49ers. Their defense is really, really good. They still have Kyle Shanahan on offense. I'm rooting so hard for Patriots 49ers. It would be fun. Kyle Shanahan, revenge game. Jimmy G, revenge game. Tom Brady owning the young pup, possibly, or the young pup owning Tom Brady. Brady's California team growing up. Oh, this game. This would feature literally at all. And Brady walking off with the seventh after they beat Joe Montana's team, Weep, would be just awesome. That would be incredible. It it would be incredible. I, I, I mean, it's hard not to root for. The Jimmy G aspect, I think he's been very average this year. But, hey, you know what? They're winning football games since we are now Packers fans. Who cares about stats? We only care about wins. Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Brady, the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers can be third, I guess. I mean, they have a good winning. Actually, Ted, Teddy Bridgewater probably third, right? Yes, 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 yes. Teddy Bridgewater's owning Drew Brees' system quarterback. Yeah, amazing stuff. No one talks about Drew Brees or his air yards per attempt being low compared to Tom Brady since 2016, but they just want to talk about Tom Brady's system, and no one talks about Drew Brees, Dinkin' and Duncan, but it's okay. That's okay. We'll can Tom, Tom Brady will continue to be the underdog. LB and I will continue to brace, you know, we'll just embrace the underdog role where it's going to continue to woof woof. 
and everyone's going to doubt the Patriots. They're even doubting them this weekend, LB. Any sort of doubt, you know, maybe we've just morphed into the Patriots, LB. Maybe the Patriots have brainwashed us into being the Patriots, where we take literally every, every, every small shred of doubt, and we just say, yep, underdogs, thank you very much. One person that said the Patriots sucked, they now suck. So, underdogs, let's go. It's true. We definitely have. It's definitely true. I've embraced it. I see somebody say, you know, the Patriots aren't that good. I say, F you. They're very good. They're very good. And then it's incredible. This should be the year that everybody's embracing the Patriots defense is carrying Tom Brady, but they haven't. They'll just wait until, you know, January to do that. <laughs> just like every other year, man. You know, and like you said, Tom, you know, Drew Brees, not a system quarterback. It's just sad. And all of this goes back to sports talk, Virgin Joe. And it's truly sad, you know, that you got to be such a weirdo freak that somebody runs your life like that weirdo freak, you know. Hopefully bad things happen to him. I would never wish bad things upon anybody, but Sports Talk Barry, as some know him, we all know him as Sports Talk Joe, hopefully bad things happen to him in his life. Here's a great stat for you, OB, before we finish our podcast, to just give Pacers fans some reassurance for this weekend. Our boy Steve Rosner, I believe that's how you say his name, Rosner Steve Steven on Twitter. Of course, he has a pumpkin in his name because he's not an absolute coward like the rest of you with no pumpkins. He says the Patriots are 22-0 and in games 5 through 8 of the NFL season since 2014. As I said before, they're 6-0 and after Thursday Night Football with Tom Brady since 2012. 32 points per game. Average mar- margin of victory, 13 points. So maybe this isn't the close game people think. The Patriots blow them out. We have an absolute good time. We get to watch Sunday. You know, I love watching Sunday football when the Patriots don't play. And the Patriots play in prime time the next day. It's, it's awesome. I get to watch the entire day and not worry about literally anything else. And then Monday is my day. It's our day, LB. Monday is our day, our day to be the, the dumb idiots we are and just <laughs> wait all day long for a stupid football game that the Patriots are probably going to win. Like literally, you're wrong. your love plays on today on the weekend. The Patriots are gonna they're they're gonna blow them out. They'll be they're gonna blow them out. Everyone can weep. You know what? I hope so, man. That's what I'm hoping for. I think that we could all use like a good classic Patriots game where like they just FU absolutely fifty six to. Yes, yes, no, like no joke. Like I think that we could all use that a forty eight yeah, to ten. Definitely... You know. I... Yeah, we could definitely use it, LB. The team definitely doesn't need it, but we definitely need it. We need to be like, we need to get that burden off our back. Like, ah, man, Patriots offense just looked really good. We can stop crying for a little bit. Yep. People will just say that's because, you know, they didn't play anybody. Whatever. They'll forget about the fact that they just beat the Cowboys, who Packers fans have been blowing the Packers for because they beat the Cowboys. Oh, we beat the Cowboys. Everybody said we couldn't. Okay, well, the Jets beat them too, and then the Patriots beat the Jets by 80 points. So, yeah, we'll have some fun with it. Let's just root for that, and let's just root for an absolute abomination of a game where the Patriots just make another NFL team look silly and Adam Gase gets fired the next day. Oh, poor Adam Gase. I'm glad his contract is also guaranteed, though, I believe, so he can buy all the coke he wants after he's fired. Shout out to Adam Gase and doing coke. Shout out to Adam Gase for just living the life of an absolute madman who has no interest in football. He's just... <laughs> he looks insane, that guy. Holy crap. Adam Gase is literally a professional coke user. You know what? I actually believe that might be true. That interview did it all for me. This guy ain't right. Sounds yeah, like please, a cool guy to hang out with. 
gosh, this guy, this guy's crazy. You know, people say that Chris Hogan has crazy eyes, but then there's press conference Adam Gase who's just gone off the molly, dare I say, LB. He's gone. Sorry, Bryson. I muted my mic for a second because I picked up my cat who is purring and being a loud weirdo. So, you know what? I'm gonna put, she's a coward. You're a coward, Newt. That's good for the pod, right? You're a coward. Yes, of course. We love we love calling cats cowards. And now we're going to have the Association for Brave Cats emailing us. It's just, it's just not good. Not good press for title talk. But we take it on anyway. We don't care. We just take those emails. We stick them over to the intern. And we tell the intern, look, I don't care what you say to, to the Association intern. for Brave Cats. But you just belittle them as much as you can and say cats are yeah. not, back, not brave. People think that, <laughs> people think that emailing Title Talk Incorporated will do some things and ma- create some change, but no, it actually it does just, nothing. It just makes us mad. It just makes you want to attack you a little bit more. So, just the Association for Brave Cats is going to take a fat L if you ever try to email Title Talk. Please, please email us because it gives us content. Please and thank you. All right, love you, LB. Go Patriots. Do your job. We're still here. We're not done. One more. Uh, is anyone <laughs> cringing yet? <laughs> I, lo- I love you too. I'm trying to think of one to say. I, I think you, you got, I got them you, I got you. Uh, this, is, this is how we leave. This is how we end this. We end this with a nice Patriots meme that everyone loves very much. Here we go. This is how we're going to end the podcast from now on, LB. Maybe Sounds even, good. Maybe we can begin it. I may seem quiet and reserved, but if you mess with me while I'm watching the Patriots... I will break out a level of crazy that will make your nightmares seem like a happy place. <laughs> Should I talk? Good night, good night everybody. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for coming on OB, and uh, go Patriots. Do your job. I love you all. Do your job. Ignore the noise.